Hello and welcome to Carl's Interviews in podcast form. This is an audio extraction of the live interviews that I've conducted with some absolutely fantastic guests from all walks of life with a common theme of being truly inspiring and I cannot wait for you to hear their story. I hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to another of Carl's interviews. Today I'm joined by Carla Molinaro. Carla is an ultra runner, world record holder, coach, a veteran, and I think it'd be safe to say a cake addict. I'm really lucky that when I was doing my 10 and 10, Carla actually came and joined me for part of it. Although I realised just a huge gulf in fitness between the two of us as she was jogging along without a care in the world. But anyway... um, Carla, of course, we need to obviously cover comrades, um, lay jog, and some of your current or more, more recent challenges. But first, I'm interested, let, let's go back a little bit. So was it around 14 or 15 you first discovered you were fairly decent at running? Um, I don't think I would say I was quite decent at it then. It was like, I just joined, I just started running at school. So did yeah. like cross country, 800, 1500 metres, like I wasn't. I guess like very like really good as a junior. Um, I raced for the county um, and kind of got to that level. Um, but yeah, it was through school and through my PE teachers at school that um, I started sport. I actually reread like my I think it was like year ten report the other day, and yeah. it was Carla is okay at sport. Uh, <laughs> And would be a very good gymnast. Oh, good. Um, well, there you go. Can't touch my toes. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how true that is anymore. <laughs> and when then, because obviously to, to go from being okay at sport and a potential gymnast, hmm. so when did you start realising that the long, longer distances were for you? Because it's, it's certainly not for everyone, is it? And a lot of people give a marathon a go and vow never to do it again. So when did you know that you had either a liking or an affinity for this? Yeah, I guess... I I started off at the shorter distances and then I guess over the past 20 years I've just built everything up gradually you know I did 800 meters 1500 meters 5k's for a bit the half marathon marathon and I've kind of built it up and done longer and longer things over quite a big period of time where it's really interesting because I think a lot of people now are going from like 5k park run to ultra (laughs) <laughs> 5k to ultra marathon and like yeah. missing everything out in between <laughs> like mental um and yeah it's one of those things it's great that people want to try but i think you're more likely to stick it out and enjoy it if you go through that process of like building it up and not like <laughs> trying to destroy yourself in one go. <laughs> It's just because some people say they quite like the ultra because they don't feel it's in the same way a marathon. They don't feel they're pushed with the clock and they love the idea that there's so much more food to eat on the way round. So for some runners, that's complete appeal. I mean, it's madness if you look at especially the level you operate on for ultra. Yeah, I think in that respect, like ultras are really nice where where you do a marathon, there's such a lot of pressure on like people saying, oh, what time are you going for? What time are you doing? Like the training for a marathon is very difficult. Like if you're going for a set time because you need to train at that pace, you have to get your 
running fast where an ultra like the time you run and the pace that you do it is irrelevant because especially if it's a trail one like it's off-road like pace kind of goes out the window and it no longer matters and like you said you just eat all day which is quite nice (laughs) (laughs) and in terms of training for an ultra because presumably there's there's so much to consider and the fact that it gets to a stage where your body's just taking such a continuous kicking there's only so much presumably you can prepare for that um yeah it depends what one you're doing um i mean they all have different aspects to them and you get ultras that are 45k long you know just over a marathon and you get some that in the states especially that are 200 miles um and everything in between so yeah it kind of depends what you're training for for what you what you need to do but there's like so many different aspects that go into it and that's why it's quite fun because each of them is like its own challenge in terms of how you prepare and get ready and nail it i guess <laughs> <laughs> and what was your kind of first introduction to the the ultra scene because it's some people have find it that they said oh you know i'm happy with the marathon now i want to try and progress on others yeah. because it has seriously blown up isn't it in recent <laughs> years and becomes increasingly more popular so from your side what was it that got you into it um i went and did a race actually out in switzerland um it was like a mountain ultra i think it was 45k um and lots of people are oh it's 45k that's not really an ultra. <laughs> it's over a marathon it's an ultra it counts thank you very yep. much <laughs> um, so yeah that was my first one it was a bit of a shock to the system because i'd never really run in the mountains before um and it was a mountain ultra and i think it took something like seven hours but for me it was just quite fun it was just like a full day out in the mountains in switzerland in like the glorious sunshine um running all day so yeah it's pretty cool perfect and it's one thing actually it's a constant theme from either when i've seen previous races you've done or even going through your social media you really do enjoy it and i think yeah. it must be it's got to be a massive part because presumably there's only so long you can go on if you're not getting that pleasure or enjoyment from it I mean, I don't enjoy it all the time. Like, <laughs> like every race that are absolutely brutal and, you know, it's a bit shit and you have to have a word with yourself. But, yeah, like I always, once, you know, you cross the finish line and you look back at kind of what you've achieved, I guess I enjoy the achievement where, yeah, like I don't think there's anyone that says they can do I guess a marathon or an ultra where the whole thing was amazing the whole no. um yeah someone said to me after my race in January oh you smiled the whole way I was like definitely didn't <laughs> <laughs> there was bits where uh, I was like I felt like I was in a raging mood but they were like right. no 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 you look cheery I was like okay <laughs> you know you try and you do try and enjoy it but I think for me part of the enjoyment of an ultra is getting through those bad patches and you know seeing what your body can kind of do it's part of the fun and that was a bit i was actually was going to ask about how much of it is you testing yourself to see what you're capable of because as you say you get ultras 45k relatively flat and then these others seriously hard ones in difficult environment so how Mm. much is it kind of competition for you as well to see what you can do yeah all of it's just for me to see what i can do like thing is you can't you can't alter what someone else does so if you're 
people like I can't make someone else go slower or faster their race is determined by them so for me doing ultras and racing it's all about what I can do and how much I can push my body yes like winning and stuff is cool but I don't race to win I race to see if I can go faster and do something harder and more difficult and push myself through those boundaries so that's kind of what it is for me. And I think, again, you've certainly demonstrated that. I mean, the world record aside, we're going to come on to that in a minute. But even looking at some of the the races you've taken part in, you can say with no certainty that you haven't dug exceptionally deep and pushed through. Um, actually, because I scrolled through a, a horribly gory picture of your ankle where you've yeah. turned it through. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what race that was. The Ultra Trail Cape race, wasn't it? I just think, what, what goes through your mind when that happens so early on? Yeah, so Ultra Trail Cape Town, I sprained my ankle at 10k into the race, and the race was 100 kilometres long. And I don't know, I was just like, well, I'm just going to drag my ass to the finish line. I mean, I always do that, but there's probably some points when I should stop. That was probably one of them. Like my right. ankle <laughs> big and black, and I ended up, I think I got to about... 40k and there was a medic and I was like I just need you to take my ankle and he's like I suggest you stop I was like well thanks um <laughs> just take my ankle so he taped it up and then he said I saw him again at 70k and he's like okay we need to take that tape off because my ankle was swelling so much and we needed to retake and then so we did that off I went again and then there was one final checkpoint with at 90k and I was yeah. like god I'm finally gonna miss the cut off and I'm going to be able to stop. And I got to the checkpoint and they're like, we've extended the cut off for five minutes for you. So you can carry on going. Like, oh, lovely. Burst <laughs> into tears. I was like, I really want to stop. <laughs> <laughs> got to the finish and the medic was there and he's like, you lost me 10 pounds. He's like, I bet everyone that you would finish and you finished. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously you coach runners yourself. Is there ever a time where you're giving advice as a coach do you know if you were receiving that advice you wouldn't have taken? Um, I don't know. Um, I think probably the main thing that I do is like my racing strategy is like go till you blow and right. I will as fast as I can until I die and I will yep. drive myself to the finish line, which is not a very good racing strategy. <laughs> it probably work like one out of ten. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't advise that to most people that I coach, but it's how I like to race. I like to go hard. Fair enough. Happens, but it's not sensible for anyone. No. <laughs> and in fact, that's what you did for the recent run, was it? The Project Carbon X2 <laughs> one, where you kind of set out a ferocious pace with that, didn't you? And you were leading at one stage, weren't you? Yeah, so that I wanted to go for a time. So I yeah. knew I was off at a certain pace and just hold on, but... Yeah, what happened is I actually ended up, I found out afterwards, I didn't know at the time, but I got a trapped nerve in my back. Uh, because of that trapped nerve, I was getting some, like the signals weren't going to my quad properly and I was getting blood pooling in my leg, which was, went up. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what then slowed me down and then it was just a case of, I just need to get to the end. And for me, yeah, yeah I could have stopped, but I had nothing else to do all day. So, and neither did anything else. So. <laughs> That's like I'm gonna finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing else to do. I was here, so might as well crack on. Exactly. I did feel like everyone was like packing up behind me as I was running. 
I was like, that's all right. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, no, fair one. Yeah. Well, the, the biggest thing I've got to talk about is the absolutely incredible um, Land's End John O'Groats record you did. Mm. So if we can start, first of all, kind of what even inspired you to give that a go? And then how do you prepare and build up for something like that as such a serious multi-day event? Um, so, yeah, it was as the world was kind of going into lockdown in March last year. So I was running for like this female running team out in South Africa. And I was like contracted to do certain races throughout the year. Yep. Of a sudden, I didn't have to do them anymore. And I could just see like all these races just like getting cancelled, getting cancelled. And I was like, oh, do you know what? Like, I like going on running adventures and I didn't think I'd be able to do one. And then all of a sudden my calendar was empty. And then, yeah, I don't know. I was just looking at some maps and I was like, yeah, I'll run the length of the UK. It happened quite quickly. So I kind of like thought about it. And then the next day started planning it. And like within a week, pretty much was getting the ball rolling and then from then until the day I started I had three months to kind of get ready um I was very fit at the point of starting I was about to do like a 60k race and a 100k race I knew I was like in a good place um to start and I'd done all like the multi-day stuff um before not quite this long but similar so I kind of knew what I was in for um and I knew what I had to do. And the thing with something like a jog is like, it is very difficult to train for something like that. Like so much of it just comes down to like, if you can handle the pain and if you can push on and keep on, keep on going, like for anyone to do it, it's going to hurt. But yeah, I just started planning and got ready. And yeah, three months later, I was standing in hands in about to run North. (laughs) And, um, did you think the record was achievable with the level of fitness you had and kind of prep? Do you? Because I know it was obviously an attempt, but did you think you could do it? Yeah, I think I did. Um, like, I couldn't see a reason why I couldn't do it. Like, it was much further than I'd ever run before um, and much harder than anything I'd done before. But, yeah, I was like, if everything works, then I can do it. I've just got to keep on running all day. So... It's one of those things, like, you've just got to hope that you don't get injured. Like, that is the biggest thing, like, injury and sickness that yeah. stop you. So I knew they were going to kind of be the main factors. And luckily, you know, I, I did get injured and I did get sick, but it's near to the end, so I could carry on going. And you were doing, what, about 73 miles a day every day and sleeping for about four hours? Mm. Yeah. That's got to take its toll over after a while as well, surely? Yeah, like when I finished for about two weeks afterwards, I just felt like really jet lagged. It was horrible. Yeah. You're just so tired, just that sleep deprivation. Because even though you are sleeping for like four or five hours a night, you're not actually sleeping because you're in so much pain. So yeah. it's, a, it's a hard one. Like you're lying down, but you're not actually getting the rest. And I read some of the, it wasn't for you a, a mental battle because you proved to yourself that you can endure pain and push through. It was the physical side of it because you had um, cellulitis at one stage as well, didn't you? And that slowed you down towards the end and other problems. So, yeah. Well, I was going to say, how do you then, or what do you do when you know that it's up here is okay, but your body's just telling you no and asking you to stop almost? Keep on going, just ignore <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I mean, like, 
one of the girls on my support team like halfway through was like oh why don't you have like a 12 hour break like you're way ahead but at that point stopping for 12 hours is not going to do anything the only way get that sleep back and get your body feeling better is to stop for a couple of days and you don't have a couple of days so yeah you just gotta suck it up and just you know in my head I was fully prepared that I was going to be tired it was going to hurt and it was going to be emotional and I think as long as you accept that then you're all right like I was under no illusions that it was going to be different so yeah it wasn't like I never felt I wanted to quit there wasn't a point where I wanted to stop. I never thought that I wouldn't get there. Um, it was just ploughing on through. Uh, do you think, obviously, the physical bit aside in terms of the, the fact that you've got to be able to run that sort of distance, but to get to that level, that mental robustness of strength, do you think it's something you can teach and train for? Or do you think it's just something that depends on the experiences you've had before? Yeah, I think building up gradually. So, like, you know, I started out doing like a two-day, multi-day run, and then I did a four-day, and then I did like a three-week one. And, you know, some of them, so like one that we did, for example, in the Hort route, like we had to get a couple of taxis because we were just not making the time. So, you know, you don't complete the full goal. When we, we did one run where I ran from Cape Town to Comrades in South Africa. Yeah all my quad after five days and then it was a case of just doing as much as we could within the three weeks um and I think you go through all of those things and you realize okay well that didn't work but this is how I need to fix it I need to have a better support team I need to have someone to help sort my body out and you kind of learn from it and you I think you have to go through that process of doing all these long multi-day things and you have to go through the process of failing and it not working for you to kind of learn and get better and be able to finish it. And yes, some people in their first attempt, everything might come together and they might nail it, um, which is awesome. But a lot of the time, it you know, it is a process of giving it a little bash. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't, okay, looking back, what can you change? then the next one's a little bit harder and you build that confidence up as you, as you go through and realize, you know, actually you can do it. No, it, it makes complete sense. It's kind of, because the other bit is whenever you talk to people, it's what's really refreshing is actually get the honesty piece as well. Cause it's not never going to be easy, is it? And we actually been able to say, well, no, it was horrid and this hurt and that hurt or my toenails fell off or vomiting here. But were there any moments on the that world record attempt where actually you had a something surprised you in terms of a boost in morale? So either someone that came with you or bought cakes or anything else that made yeah. a difference to help you? Seeing everyone along the way was really nice and like running with like different people, like old friends, new friends, complete strangers, like that was really cool. And like the effort that everyone kind of put in to kind of rally behind me was amazing. So yeah, that was that was a really nice thing and you know it gave you seeing someone different and running with someone new every day was was really nice and it's you ran at one stage as well with the previous world record holder didn't you yeah Sharon was that something that was planned um you reached out to her your team or she approached you so I got in touch with her before I started to get some advice on like how she had done it and if she had any tips so we had kind of exchanged a couple of emails before and then, yeah, she just turned up that day, which was 
yeah, pretty cool. Um, and then I think she ran about 10K with me, which was, yeah, awesome. She had to nip back home to go and do some teaching. But, yeah, right. yeah it was really cool um, being able to run with her um, for a bit, which was, yeah, I don't think you get stuff like that in too many different sports. But ultra running, like community, definitely like rallies around you, which is cool. I mean, it isn't. I mean, there isn't, as you say, many other sports where the current incumbent that you're trying to break their record of is supporting you and running with you, trying to help and encourage you. It's it speaks so so many volumes of the sport itself, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it is special. I've got um for those that haven't seen your final, I suppose, thirty seconds of it. Um, it, it says so much in that very short video, the emotion on your face as you reach out and touch. I mean, it's it's worth seeing just for that because you can see it, it speaks volumes, isn't it? The, the pain, the relief, the agony. Yeah, I was just glad it was done. It was I just, bet. <laughs> all, all I wanted was a cup of tea. I was just like, right. <laughs> so cold. I was just like, I just want to get inside and have a cup of tea. <laughs> like, you're so over it at that point. Yeah, like, yeah it's funny. Cause everyone's like, oh, it must have been amazing. And you're like, nah, just want to. You mentioned earlier about um, comrades. And it's something, again, I, I think I remember seeing an interview with you a while ago that you said there's, you've just got to draw to comrades. So mm. firstly, for those who aren't aware, what is it? And then secondly, what, what is that draw to you then? And what, what's the appeal for you? And obviously you've had some remarkable success with it as well. Yeah, so Comrades is like the oldest and biggest ultramarathon in the world. So it's about 90 kilometres, goes in two different directions. They call it either the uphill or the downhill route. Um, and it goes between two cities, Durban and Pietermaritzburg in South Africa. And I've done it twice up and twice down. Um, I don't know if it's still got that draw. Um, it's, yeah, it's an amazing race. And I think for any ultra runner that you should definitely put it on your list. Um, I kind of feel like I've done it enough times now that I don't need to go and do it again. Um, that being said, I might go and do it again if it kind of fits in like with my calendar because I do yeah. think I can get quicker. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a very fun race, like spectators, like line the whole route for like 90 kilometers, like cheering, going mental, high-fiving you. Um, <laughs> you've got like a normal ultra you get like 200 people you know to have 20,000 surrounding yeah, wow it's pretty um insane um so yeah it's it's a very cool race and I think because I was born in South Africa you kind of grow up hearing about this race and get told you're not a proper runner until you've done comrade <laughs> feel like I'm now a proper runner which is good um super <laughs> it's it's brutal like you know because it's 90 odd kilometers on road is very different to 90 kilometers on the trail so it completely smashes you up you can't walk for a week afterwards on the downhill route on the uphill route you can walk the next day but yeah it's it's brutal but it's fun as well fun um. <laughs> <laughs> i think we method to redefine your definition of fun because you've used it a few times now and it's almost that precursor well yeah, I was smashed, legs were smashed, running road, but it was fun. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah, I've got a weird sense of fun. <laughs> um, 
Uh, what about this? Obviously, the comrades then is that people have said there, you're not a real ultra runner, but there's other, other circuits, isn't there? Like Mont Blanc, the UTMB and bits like that. So what are your view on people taking part or competing? Because that's quite a challenging one, isn't it? The fact that you need to earn the points and um, qualify for the ballot. Yeah, like getting into UTMB is really difficult. Like I tried to get into the CCC, which is half of the UTMB yeah. this year, but I didn't get in. Um yeah, it's really difficult. I do think it is good having that point system because they make sure that you're prepared to go and do a race like that. Um, as annoying as it is that you have to do other races, like going and racing in the mountains over 100 miles is a massive task. And I think, you know, then I think part of that points process is to make sure that you are prepared before you yeah. get, which is a good thing. Um it's just annoying that once you've got those points, you're not guaranteed a place because you then yes. have to ballot. That's the bit that's really hard, but that's just because so many people want to do it. It's like the other big races like Western States, um, you know, that as well, you have to go into a ballot and it takes people like 10 or 15 years to get a spot, spot there, which is just mental. Um, but I guess it's cool, you know, it makes these races, like when you finally get to do them, really special. But you don't have to do the race. Like I've done the Tour of Mont Blanc, which is the yes. route. I've done that twice on my own. Well, once on my own and once with a group of friends. And did it over four days and stayed at the refuges in France along the way. And it's absolutely incredible. And like one of, it is probably the best thing that I've ever done and my favorite route. And I would definitely go back and do that again. So I think, you know, if there's always, if there's a race that you really want to do and you can't get in, like you don't have to do it on the race day. You can go and do it by yourself. Like no one's stopping you and you're still going to have like an amazing experience and enjoy like the trails as you do it. No, I think it's really good advice because it's, I mean, people find it to a less extent when they're trying to compete for the London Marathon it's, and get a place there. And it's saying, well, there are other marathons and there are other opportunities. And I think it's a really good one that you said there, the fact being able to do it on your own and do it with friends to enjoy it. You're still seeing all the wonderful things and experiencing it, albeit just not in that quite as competitive environment. And with the London Marathon, if you don't get in, there's like this group that I did it with a couple of years ago where you can turn up at like between 2am and 4am and do the whole London route backwards yes not a marathon one oh, isn't it? yeah you finish at the start of the London marathon yeah. just one else is starting and that is awesome so if you don't get a place for London go and do the backwards London on the day of London at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> I'd be interested now how many people are watching this right now or watching the catch-up actually go, oh, I like the sound of that, let's give it a go. And all of a sudden there's this abundance of people there raring to go. So much fun because it was like, I think in the group that I, I was in the last group, there was about seven or eight of us right. like, running through London. It's completely, it's pitch black. The streets are empty. Well, there's yep. people coming out of like bars and like on the way home, like wondering what on earth these nights <laughs> They also start to close the course, so you right. get roads that are completely cleared as well. So it's quite fun. Yeah, I can imagine. No, I, I think that is definitely something people have got to go to. I used to, I was based in London with the army, and they used to do, when we used to do ceremonial stuff at the night, it was the same thing. And it's so odd, kind of from midnight till six, how different London is from its normal day to day stuff. 
So what I also want to ask is you're currently coaching um, Richard, isn't it? Who's going to have a go at the London John O'Groats record. Mm. So how did that come about? Um, did he approach you because he wanted to do it or were you kind of aware of what he was up to? No, yeah. he just got in touch and said that he wanted to give it a bash. So, yeah, he's doing it in June this year. Yes. Uh, and I, I've been talking to him about actually because he was saying he's going to see if people want to join him just for a bit of company, if nothing else, because it's a long old time, isn't it? I mean, regardless of how fast he is able to do it, it's there's a lot of miles on the road, a lot of time on your own, I just imagine, even with a sport crew trying to help. Yeah, I guess it's all about like finding your own rhythm, though, because I found I didn't want people to run with me in the evening, but I did in the day. Okay. Dan- did it after me he wanted people to run with him in the morning uh no he didn't want people in the morning but wanted them in the afternoon so yeah I think for Rich it'll be a case of he needs to kind of figure out when he wants that support and how you want it um along the way but yeah it is it is definitely a really nice thing to have people come and run with you and are you going to be joining him for various legs of it as well uh I'm not sure yet um (laughs) Kind of depends on a couple of races that I've got. Okay. So, yeah, not sure. I suppose it must be from his side as well, because for a lot of people attempting something like that, they'll speak to their coach or running coach. But to actually have someone that's been and done the entire thing already, you'll be able to empathise with him, give him advice. Well, I found this harder or this easier. So he's it's, it's got to be in a, hopefully a good a place as he can be with that prep. Yeah, I guess so. I guess you'll have to ask him. But, yeah, it is, I think to have someone that's done what you're doing is a lot easier. And that's, you know, that was a reason why I got in touch with so many people who had done the jog before me, because all of them had a different experience. And I probably spoke to 10 different people who had run the jog. Um, And yeah, everyone's advice was slightly different than the next person. So I think even though I'm helping Rich with his training, um, it is important to reach out to as many different people who have done it before because they're all going to give you like a slightly different nugget of information to help you on a journey. And I think that's for anyone that wants to go and do like these big projects, you know, most of them people have done before now. So go and find people that have done them and reach out and, you know, everyone's really friendly and most people will have a chat with you or exchange an email and give you some advice on how they did it, what they found difficult, what, you know, one guy I spoke to every single day, he had a nice finish line and like a ribbon that he crossed. And that for him was like a nice way of like ending the day before moving on to the next day. So yeah, that wasn't quite for me, but I could see for him how that was a really nice thing and that might work for someone else um you know to break it down into like your daily um little wins so yeah, yeah. important for anyone trying these things to speak to as many people as you can who's done it before and truthfully now obviously you've you've done the running the strength and conditioning the yoga has anyone ever condoned the cake donut and cocktail sausages approach um yes lots of <laughs> like, and is that advice you give to people as well yeah carbs are king like <laughs> carbohydrates are what make you run so you know you need clearly you know there needs to be a balance <laughs> you know that's the thing that gives you energy to keep on running and it's you know i don't drink and i don't do 
yeah, drugs, um, obviously. Otherwise, I'd be banned from sport. But yeah. I take, and that's the thing that I enjoy doing. And, yeah, um, I've had coaches before. That's why they are no longer my coach. That told me to stop eating cake. Uh, <laughs> and so, nah, like, life's too short. Like, you've got to do what you enjoy. And I can eat cake and run fast, so... <laughs> and I suppose, presumably as well, being your own coach, you yeah. can actively encourage yourself. You have more cake. That's what you need for this session. I think extra cake will help you get through. <laughs> I did think about giving up cake for Lent, and I think it lasted about a day. Right. <laughs> Someone sent me some pancakes in the post, so I ate them all. <laughs> so I <did> not... <laughs> and I don't know why I wanted to do that. I just thought, okay, let me see. Um, and yeah, it, it didn't work. <laughs> so you're telling me you've got the mental resilience to run the length of the United Kingdom but not to abstain from cake and sweets for a, a, more than a couple of days correct yeah okay just clarifying <laughs> that's exactly it <laughs> so what I'm interested as well is obviously with Covid permitting, um, things being cancelled. You had the opportunity to obviously take part in it. Is it Hoka Hoka? How do I say it? I'm never quite Hoka. sure. Hoka. <laughs> and what's next for the rest of this year? What kind of projects have you got building up? And can you share any of them with us? So I want to see if I can qualify for Western States. So there's okay. one race left to do that, which is at the end of April out in America, but. I'm they're deciding in two weeks if the race is going ahead. So I'm currently training for that. Um, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So you just have to keep on training and see, hopefully it does happen. If it does, I have to come top two in that to qualify. So that's going to be tough. Um, and then looking at my calendar, um, I've got ultra X Scotland in May. Um, so that'll be cool. Um, that's a two day race um and then um maybe ultra trail snowden depending on if i do western states or not and then the gr10 which is a route across the pyrenees from the atlantic to the med um that i want to go do just by myself with me and my backpack um try and set a fastest known time for that in july um and then a race called Tempeliers, which is in france um a trail ultra at the end of october and i do have a place for real london marathon in the beginning of october so right maybe i'll go backwards and then do the full thing <laughs> <laughs> you say that because i was waiting for literally someone to come up and say exactly that well you, it wouldn't be a proper race if you didn't do it backwards and forwards would it especially as a seasoned ultra runner Maybe I'll do that. That could be quite fun because I don't want to go too fast on that because of the race at the end of October. So actually, maybe a yeah. double London marathon is sensible. <laughs> Anyone else want to do it with me? Send me a message. <laughs> well, I'll I'll be up for doing the the reverse bit because I've deferred my place to next year in the actual London. Okay, so I'll cool. be up for doing the reverse bit and having a run rounds, ch chasing around the closed roads. Cool. Done. I think you'll probably need to give me about an hour and a half head start based on current running speeds, if that's all right. Oh, no, I'll just, we just mince around. Be fun. <laughs> so quite a quiet year then, really. You know, almost nothing going on, a couple of short races. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically just putting loads in my diary and I'm just yeah. 
obviously we don't know what's going to happen. So I was like, I'll put as many things in there as I can, because I'm sure some of them won't, some of them will. Um, and yeah, if I can do all of it, it will be amazing. If I can do one of those things, I'll be happy. So I think everyone's probably in the same boat where yeah. by default, everyone's races that were cancelled last year have moved to this year. So everyone's got yeah. like, and then everyone's just dying to get out there and race. <laughs> yeah. It's like any, I've had a couple of race organisers message me. They're like, will you do my race? I'm like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't told you what it is yet. No, I'm in. I'll do it. Fine. <laughs> I'm there. <laughs> so, yeah, I think every, everyone's the same and we all just want to have a go now, don't we? No, it, definitely. And it's because, um, it, I mean, it's good, as you say, doing some races where you're kind of part of doing it on your own. But it's a very different feeling, is it, when you've got those around you, people cheering, being able to support or be supported. It's such a different feeling. And I yeah. think a lot of people have missed that. Yeah, it's, it is very different doing a race to like all like the virtual ones. And I think have been great to keep people motivated. But, yeah, there's nothing like that feeling of like standing on a start line and you know, having everyone around you and feeling the adrenaline and not knowing what's going to happen and crossing a finish line. Like, you know, you can only get that in a real race. So, yeah, hopefully everyone will get to experience that soon. I hope. Well, I've got, um, before we kind of give, share your details for people to be able to follow what you're doing and your journey going through, I've had a couple of people send questions, if that's all right, Carla. Hi, for um the first one is um someone's asked do you listen to music when you run no i don't i hate it i don't know why like i just i like to just kind of listen to everything around me um yeah so nothing when i run but at the moment i'm on the turbo and there i like listen to music or watch netflix <laughs> uh, okay um next one is i think you've covered this a little bit actually already in a talk at what point did you increase your mileage to ultras um, so yeah, it was after I think I had done three or four marathons. Um, and then after that, I started, yeah, my first ultra, like I said, was 45k. And then I did, yeah. did probably for a year, like ultras just on my own. Um, like I went and ran around, I ran from London to Brighton and around the Isle of Wight and from London to Paris and a few random things like that. Um, and yeah, <laughs> slowly started to get more and more out of control. Um, yep. so, yeah, I kind of started small and then kind of worked my, my way up to longer stuff, longer multi-day stuff. Not, I haven't, the furthest I've run in one day, I think is about 120K. So I haven't done 100, wow. but I've done lots of days of that in a row. <laughs> Is 100 miles something you're looking at again? Because I know some people kind of want to do the 100 miles under 24 hours as another almost rite of passage, isn't it, in the ultra world? Yeah, I do want to do 100 miler. That's why I'm trying to qualify. So Western States is 100 miler. So, yeah, if I can manage to get into that in June, that'll be my first one, which is probably a brutal one to make my first one. But Yeah. <laughs> Well, I had Mike Seaman is he's attempted it. So the guy that runs the National Running Show, he's attempted it twice, and he wants to do it again this summer. And he was saying whether I fancy joining him, and I said, "Well, if I did, it would only be I wouldn't do some silly race up hills or mountains. We will have a very flat, controlled route yeah. to do." On the Thames Path, Thames Path One Hundred. Yes, <laughs> yes. Oh, there you go. A couple more. Is the life of a pro runner as glamorous as it looks? I don't uh, know. Does it look glamorous? There you go. <laughs> 
glamorous. Uh, you have to train a lot, and you know, yeah. you all have those days where yeah, you want to sit on the side on a rock and like just crawl home or you know, not train and not do anything. But yeah, some things are cool. You get free shoes. That's glamorous. That's quite nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to put in the work and you have to perform and you have to do well. Otherwise, you know, I guess the glamorous side of it stops. But yeah, I kind of find like a third of my sessions are amazing. A third of them are okay. A third of them are shit. Um, so I kind of have that approach. So it is nice some of the time. Some of the time it's rubbish. Same as same as everyone else. But got to keep on yeah. trying. Doesn't it's not magic. <laughs> no, I wish it was. <laughs> and randomly, someone's asked. We know what your favourite cheese, but what's your favourite cake? Ah, oh, yeah. This is difficult. You know, it kind of <laughs> depends like what day it is. Um, nice. I, yeah. At the moment, I think like just a good lemon drizzle. Like that is a good. Okay. Uh, it's always good, isn't it? But I've got again. I've got like no. Well, if I make a lemon drizzle cake, I will eat the whole cake. So yeah, yeah. which isn't a bad. Thing. It, it, no, <laughs> what's really on is uh, I think this is about the twenty eighth or twenty ninth of these I've done. I've spoken to all different athletes from fellow ultra runners to Olympians. I've had more cake questions or queries than all of the other ones combined. Good cake is good. <laughs> have you ever been offered sponsorship by either a cake company or confectionery company or anything or is this something we need to look for for you yeah, now? like what is that about like mr kipling if you would like to sponsor yep. me, message <laughs> okay <laughs> a french fancy winner <laughs> or crispy crumbs if that's something you might consider yeah that would be quite good like i i am thinking about trying to run across america next year and i thought it'd be awesome to get a donut sponsor for that like yep wouldn't that just be great? Has to be done. Well, I remember, and I'm, I think with similar ages, that when, because I did some athletics as a young lad, and McDonald's used to sponsor the county athletic leagues. Really? And thought, yeah, and I thought, what kind of message is that sending? That you'd, right, we're all about the health, and clearly the Big Mac and the fries as well. Yeah, although, I guess, post-run post, post run treat. Yeah. Some people like McDonald's. I don't, but hey ho. So for anyone that does want to kind of see how you do with these next adventures and what you're up to, um, or even get in touch with you professionally about some of your coaching or experience, what's the best way of getting hold of you? So if you want to follow my running, you can follow me on Strava, Carla Molinaro. I have my session's up there so you can see what I do. Um, Instagram, Carla Molinaro. It's all very imaginative. Um, <laughs> some pictures and stuff up there. And then my website, um, carlamolinaro.com yes. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone's interested in strength conditioning and yoga for runners um all that info is up on there i have like a membership platform for that where we do sessions every week um and my one-to-one -one coaching is currently full um but i am okay. one-off program so if someone for example has got the london marathon coming up and they want a plan for that help you with the one-off stuff so ping me a message fantastic carla thank you so much not only for your time today but probably coming and visiting me back in the last year as well and running Let a few miles yes good. it was um yeah I, I think as you say it took a good couple of weeks before i i didn't look like there was something wrong with me when i was walking <laughs> yeah we've all been there <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
But no, thank you so much. And um, yeah, hopefully I'll bump into you again at some stage in the next 12 months at an event. If not, I will see you at the start line of Not A London Marathon. Awesome. See you there. <laughs> All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. And that concludes another interview for the day. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. And as ever, if you have any feedback, send it through to me at my Instagram handle of fighting underscore the underscore dadbot. Enjoy the rest of your day.